questions tonight? Yes. I had a question. Um, a long time ago, I was reading Prabhupada Memories, and I remember seeing this story by his servant, I forget his name, um, when he was saying he, because he had spent so much time around him and seen him such uh, so intimately all the time, he had a hard time having the same reverence and respect that all his other god brothers and sisters had, and it was kind of made it harder for him to have faith, in, I guess, and because he saw him was more of a human than a guru or something. And I was just wondering if you could talk about sort of that and how does that happen and how did you save from that or something. Yeah, well, there's a saying, familiarity breeds contempt. And um, also, uh, as I've explained before, in, uh, sometimes the guru is compared to a fire. So... Without a fire, there's no heat, no light, you can't cook. <coughs> Fires can also burn. So uh, one has to, um, it has to be, I should say, determined how close one can get to the fire in order to take advantage of the fire and not get at the same time too close that they might get burnt and the symptom of that being exactly um, what you're uh, talking about. Hmm? And um, that said, there is also the idea that the instructions of the guru are more important than the personal association of the guru. Pujapat Sridhar Marsh once explained it by the question, what's more important, the nose or the breath? It passes through it. Obviously, the breath is more important. Of course, you can't breathe without a nose, so analogy breaks down, but um, <laughs> but you understand uh, the point. Um, and uh, the guru is also embodying the teachings and explaining uh, the teachings. Prabhupada gave, uh, and so he's embodying them for illustrating, if you will, uh, uh, setting an example, and in the context of that, teaching about. So it's uh, all about the the knowledge and the bhakti Hmm. that he or she has and the attempt to to share it, uh, to instruct others about it and so forth. Prabhupada also... uh, on a number of occasions gave the example of how uh, while he was sitting on the asana there uh, uh, was an instance in which there was a fly on his lap. So the fly was very close, closer than all of us, physically. Hmm. But uh, it was not able to take advantage of the instructions and so it was actually at a much greater distance. Hmm follow? Once on the veranda of Pujapadshrita Marsh, after he gave a talk, um, one devotee scrambled through the group to try to touch Sridhar Marsh's uh, lotus feet. 
And it was a bit of a disturbance, and Sridhar Maharaj didn't know what was going on, like it was an earthquake or something. He was like 90% blind, and he thought there was some disturbance. And then he realized, and then he kind of chuckled, and he said, oh, that's what you think it means to touch the feet of the guru. Which it does, but there are uh, um, further implications such that we could be touching the feet of the guru and and, and not be. Hmm. Uh, so, therefore, our association with the guru, just like our association with the deities, all right? The deities are... Uh, uh, Today I was writing a little bit about um, Goridas Pandit, mm-hmm. and uh, I think as you've heard in your morning readings from Bhakti Ratnakar, it was through the uh, medium of Goridas Pandit, who is Subal Saka, Krishna's dear most friend, in Krishna Lila appearing in Gaur Lila. It was through Goridas Pandit that uh, the uh, ritual worshipped Archon of the deities, the images of Gore and Nityananda came to the world, which is widespread now. In in India, within within Gaudiya Vaishnavism and around the world, by the uh, uh, seva of, of, of my Guru Maharaj, largely, and his, and his uh, followers. Uh, so, it's a big point is it's a big contribution of, of Gauri Das Pandit uh, to the to the community. And he had uh, a very uh, intimate relationship with the deities. Mahaprabhu told him, go to Namadweep, acquire some neem, and from that neem would carve images of myself and my other self, Nityananda Prabhu, and worship them. So he did that, and amongst his associates, they established the, the deity worship according to the ritual uh, and the tantra and so on and so forth. And he began his Seva Puja. Hmm. He was a bit of a recluse, Goridas Pandit, uh, and not, let's say, as outgoing, for example, as as um, um, Udharandatta, hmm. who was known for his magnanimity and canvassing everywhere widely with uh, with Ch- with Nityananda Prabhu. But Goridas Pandit's worship of Gornitai and bringing, being the vehicle through which they uh, manifest themselves and gave access to themselves in their arch avatar, hmm? hmm? the big graha, the arch, for, for, for archan. Uh, that uh, uh, service of, of Gorya's Pandit was a huge contribution to the, uh, to the uh, outreach of Nityananda Prabhu. It gave great courage and faith uh, to to the devotees, uh, because of the, the the nature of his worship, it was such that he would cook royally for them, and 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 to the best of his ability, in terms of his um, um, economic status. Uh, try to worship them with uh, uh, as as opportunely as possible. Hmm? It said that he had a he, he, he had, had uh, a, a dream, I believe it was, with a, a desire manifested to decorate them with very valuable jewels. Hmm? 
You became enthusiastic. You didn't have them, but... <laughs> and in the morning you saw them, and they had the jewels on. Mm-hmm. And they showed him that, and showed themselves to him as Krishna and Balaram, and then returned to their appearance as Gornitinanda, simply decorated with flowers, and they said, keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Decorating with flowers is best. And with regard to the cooking, they told him, mm-hmm. It pains us to see you labor so hard. Mm. If we're just to offer what is, what is uh, convenient and, and easiest to do, we'll, we'll accept that. Mm. So it was a very extraordinary exchange, and he had this regular type of... This is, there, there are numerous accounts of his interaction with the devotees, which is obviously very inspiring to the, to the community. And so he was a big, made a big contribution in the outreach of uh, of uh, Chaitanya Vaishnavism. And again, I mean, through him, this uh, worship of, of Gordon and under the images has uh, come and spread around the world. Mm-hmm. So, the point relative to your your question is that that the same holds true with the deity. How I often say, um, why is it that we bow down to the deity? Because the Vaishnavas told us that this is God in this form and this is how he appears, this is the nature of the archer Vigraha and so forth. There's some beautiful writing on the part of Thakur Bhakti Vinod about the image worship. And I think his his articles at the time were very much uh, uh, focused on uh, the objections to such worship on the part of the Muslims and probably on the part of the British and the Christian uh, influence as well, where uh, it is thought that, uh, I guess based on the Bible, one should not uh, engage in idol worship, and then there's some story about worshiping a golden cow or something like that, and and Jesus criticized them, and, and, he, was, and he was described sometimes by the Christians as being a jealous God who will have no one else before him. Hmm. Something, <laughs> something like that. Um, and uh, so... There is considerable uh, misunderstanding from these two Abrahamic traditions about the image worship, the ritualistic image worship that we find in the uh, um, uh, described in the Tantra, and that is so much uh, a part of uh, Hinduism and part of Gaudiya Vaishnavism as well, being part of Hinduism itself, and. Um, and the Muslims, for that matter, were very um, harsh about it. And they would, when they were uh, in a mood of conquest, then they would often defile the deities in the temples, break the images, and so on and so forth. So the images are manifest out of clay, out of stone, out of wood, in the case of the images of Gore and Etinanda at uh, Kalna, hmm? uh, uh, Gauri they were manifested out of the sacred neem wood, neem tree, that Nimai Pandit was born under. Hmm? Auspicious, and medicinal and auspicious for, uh, for many reasons. Um, so, at any rate, there's a lot of misunderstanding about the image worship. And um, so, how will you go about it well, obviously, you have to see it and see the image through the eye of the Vaishnav 
through the vani, I should say, the words of the Vaishnava, through the explanations of the Vaishnava coming from the scripture and so forth, that to give you this kind of philosophical um, perspective. That's the ground on which you enter into the, 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 the realm of ritual and then engage in the type of language, ritualistic symbolic language and movements uh, uh, and so forth that are um, the way in which one functions in that realm until the deity starts talking to you and like he did at Gorodas Pandit and even then the standards are usually um, <coughs> kept up but if you have this kind of Baba Seva to the deity then there are some uh, they, they may be um, the standards may become more lax um, but the goal of uh, uh, of, of, of if you will through Seva Turning the the symbolic representation of Krishna, uh, causing him to manifest uh, personally, because there is, as I've explained in other times, other occasions, there is this ritualistic language and movement and procedures in the in the realm of ritual, as I call it, which is somewhere kind of in between the spiritual world and the material world. There are material ingredients. Hmm? spiritualized, and then there's this ritualistic language and and uh, decorum and so on and so forth, which, which is different, much as Krishna is present there, um, through those procedures and the spirit of worship, the appropriate spirit of worship on the part of the devotee. Still, it's different than when Mother Yasoda calls him to eat and uh, and he gets upset with, uh, uh, in, 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 with uh, Radharani's ladu and throws it on Sarup's plate and says, who cooked this? In, in, in jest. Um, and everyone's alarmed and, and so forth. And Sarupa can understand, oh, he's telling me that that uh, in this through this that I'm part of, I'll go home tonight to, to Radharani's sector, her family on that side, the Banu's Vishabhanu, Chandrabhanu, this Banu, that Banu, Sri Banu. Hmm. Uh, because he's throwing it on my plate, upset with Radharani. You represent her. You're from her family. You, you take this. Of course, he tastes it, and it's fantastic, and he understands that Krishna is joking, and in the context of the joke, instructing him, and so forth. So we don't expect this kind of reciprocation with the deity, per se. And then Yusoda's not saying, Om Krishnaya... Idam naivajam krim krishnaya namaha. She say, eat, eat, eat more, hmm? and so forth. Uh, so, if the deity, as I'm saying, starts to reciprocate with us like that, that is the perfection of the archan, obviously. Um, but in order for that to happen, we have to enter into the worship um, on the ground of the tattva and understand how it is that the deity manifests. The articles of Bhakti Vinoda are, are good at nice preaching in this regard. And he, and he makes a nice point there in one of his articles um, that if the Godhead can be present in the pen, for example, through writing about him and the sacred texts, being examples of that are thought to be worshipable, worshipable why not in other uh, f- forms, 
um, that are uh, material, like a pen and ink and paper, and ingredients, why they cannot be spiritualized. And so it's just a very insightful, beautiful way that he's, um, he's uh, written about the, the, the image worship. And, of course, there are many examples in the, not only our lineage, but other lineages of the ways in which the uh, sacred images, if properly worshipped, will, will respond and, and so forth. So the point being that, what, that uh, if you don't see the deity with a philosophical eye, then you think they're worshipping some stones. Probably used to say, what do you think? After writing 30 books and studying them day and night, our conclusion is to worship a stone. No, we're worshiping God. And he's everywhere. Hranyakasipu asked, where is your God? He's everywhere. He's in my heart. He's outside my heart. He's in your heart, Dad. <laughs> he told, Prahlad told Hranyakasipu. He said, is he in the stone pillar? Yes, and he cracked the pillar, and of course he came out. <laughs> so, uh, so Prahlad was, uh, from his perspective, there's nowhere where he is not. Hmm? Everything is inside of him. Hmm? And he's beyond everything at the same time. So, so all of these types of uh, points, uh, these kind of points, they're, they're useful for us for approaching the deity um, with a philosophical eye and then conducting ourselves according to the ritualistic standards and then we get reciprocation. It's a very consuming um, uh, form of devotional service because all of our senses can be um, engaged. The eyes and seeing the tongue and tasting the prasad and so forth and, and uttering the appropriate mantras and names of the Lord and um, and all the things that are practically all of the senses. It's a very active uh, type of seva. So it has great power to consume us. The nam, harinam, can help us to a point, purify us, that we may be able to appreciate the form. Because hmm? in the name is the form. Hmm? So in one sense, when we begin to identify the form, the image, spiritually, and feel the reciprocation, we are drawing out from the name the form. Hmm? Hmm. And um, and then the form is giving us capacity to become even more absorbed than we were able to through the through the nam. Hmm? And then with that increased absorption and full seva and so forth, we come out on the other side and can take advantage full more fully of the nam being pur- being purified by external service. Hmm? internal service becomes possible. Hmm? And so, it's a powerful, anyway, it's a powerful form of worship, but to the naked eye, um, it's just a stone. And if you make offense, and if you don't approach properly, you become lax in your other practices, and so on and so forth, then you, uh, you won't have the eye to see. Um, and, and, and we can see Probably would stand before the uh, in the in the in the later days of his manifest presence. We would take him into Vrindavan, into the temple, sit him in front of Krishna and Balaram on the, the palanquin because we, we we had to carry him. And he would sit and weep. Hmm? Hmm? 
weep. There, the central piece of his uh, uh, life, really. He thought, my place of worship is Mayapur. My residence is Vrindavan. There he established his deity, Krishna and Balaram. Balaram leaning slightly on the shoulder of Krishna, who's bearing the flute in one hand, his hip, his his right hand, his, his left hand on the on the, on his hip. This is was Prophet's inner hard vision. You don't see deity, this form of the deity. He manifests this form of the deity from his heart. This is the other idea, of course, that the deity is actually manifest in the heart of the devotee and then comes outside in the form of the archabigraha for worship that others may take advantage. Worshiping the deity is worshiping the heart of the of the of the acharya who's established the worship and so forth. So with this kind of philosophical understanding and perspective, keeping that in the front and so forth, then we protect ourselves from making offense to the deity, making offense to the to the, to the devotee, recognizing even the, the superiority of the acharya and the devotee and his or her worship to the to the worship of the deity even. And again, we make the connection. This is the heart present there, and he's over here doing something else. He needs something. It's said you can leave the deity worship to, to serve the he who has established the deity if, if save us, service to him uh, necessitates and so forth. So um, the, the, the idea that you're asking about uh, with regard to the guru holds true with the deity as well. Do you follow what I'm saying? So, um, so these are the it's with the philosophical eye we have to approach. And then also, with regard to the example I gave earlier of the fire, I believe it's the obligation uh, of the guru to also try to find this, um, to recognize, just to see the uh, the, the extent to which a, a disciple can be close to the fire without it becoming a problem hmm, for him. It doesn't necessarily have to be. And and some devotees have the adhikar to uh, be very close and uh, the humanness of the guru becomes uh, just uh, that much more charming to them. That, that, that it doesn't in any way um, uh, cause them to lose sight of his or her divinity. So there are disciples like that and then there are those who may be in a situation where they're, they're too close and they have that they see him as in his he eats I eat hmm. he gets tired I get tired uh, in fact I'm real tired uh, and I'm a servant a lot and so so why am I serving so hard here you know <laughs> so you know it, 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 to uh, avoid that he has to the guru has to see and create the proper uh, distance, keeping some at a distance, bring some closer, as 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 may be the um, case individually. But it doesn't have to necessarily be, as I say, that one is close and it becomes a problem. It did for that particular servant. It, it, it never became a problem for me that to be close to Prabhupada. And I have some disciples who are very close to me, um, I know that some 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 were very close to Sridhar Marsh, and, um, and there's the example of um, Madhavendra Puri, 
and uh, his two disciples, Ramchandra Puri and uh, Ishwar Puri. And at that time uh, of the example, uh, Madhavendra Puri was bedridden, and uh, Ishwar Puri was waiting on him hand and and foot. And it's thought that because of his manual service and uh, his ability to be to be close and, and render those kind of services without thinking of his guru in a mundane way, he got the blessing to become the guru of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Ramchandra Puri, on the other hand, he should have been kept at a big at arm's length. Uh, even at arm's length, he was a problem. <laughs> uh, he criticized his guru when his guru was was saying lamenting. Oh, I have not attained the service of Radha and Vrindavan. This kind of, i.e., what is it? Very high prayer he was singing. Ramachandrapuri said, You shouldn't lament. You're dying now. It's not the time to lament. Hmm? Get that guy out of here. <laughs> this is kind of the, the response. He later became a critic of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as well. Yeah. His criticism was, I've gone to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and in the vicinity where he's staying there are some ants. Therefore I know that he's eating too many sweets and crumbs are falling and that's why the ants are there. He shouldn't do that if he's going to be a sannyasi. He was older and senior in that sense, but spiritually uh, offensive. <laughs> um, so those examples are there. But um, it's, it's, it's as far as possible the guru has to be a little careful of that and see, oh, this person can't get too close. So that'll be a problem. He needs more distance, and there'll be Aishvarya, and he'll be able to take advantage of the teaching. And others, um, they relish those opportunities to be close, and it, it doesn't have any uh, negative effect. So again, um, different strokes for different folks, I guess you could say. Uh, 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 Does that help? Yeah. But the basic answer is, is this has to be, uh, we have to have a philosophical eye. And if we maintain that philosophical eye, then and, and we enter uh, into the Guru Seva and, and Archan, Seva Puja, the deity, on that ground, then we'll be on strong ground and we'll be able to even, um, not even consciously, see everything according to the, the tattva and the philosophy. At one point you may try to see, you see something and you will think philosophically about it to, to, to adjust and so forth. But at a certain point it, it won't even be an issue. Hmm. What else? Come closer. (laughs) I like everybody to be close, but only if they're comfortable. And only if I'm comfortable. (laughs) If they know how to conduct themselves uh, also. What's the time? Yes, Raj. I was thinking like the other day where 
talking people about uh, um, devotees in Nityarila. I know it's probably like maybe it's not possible to describe it from our point of view, but I was wondering if like, there is when Krishna comes uh, to manifest Lila, but Nitya Lila is Nitya Lila, so it still goes on or it kind of merges with uh, his manifest Lila? How does it work? Well, it's just a term. Nitya Lila is often, the, the term is invoked uh, as a reference to the aprakat Lila, the unmanifest Lila, as opposed to the prakat the manifest Leela. Um, both are eternal. Hmm? Um, and with regard to the manifest Leela, it's thought to be occurring somewhere at all times, but not at all places at all times um, in this world. Um, and at least we should understand that to mean that it's manifesting some aspect of it. Uh, all aspects of it are manifesting at all times in some heart of some devotee, some some aspect, this heart and that heart, and so on and so forth. And then there's the idea that it manifests in every universe, it ends in one, but it manifests in another, um, and so forth. Um, but within the that uh, manifest lila, the prakat lila, there are some lilas, excuse me, that are not manifest in the unmanifest <laughs> lila. Hmm? And the two are differentiated also by the terms Nara-lila, referring to the Prakat-lila, and Deva-lila, referring to the so-called Niti-lila, which you're asking about, and I understand your confusion. I hope I'm clearing it up. Yes, both are Nitya. Both are, are eternal, but it's sometimes referred to as the Niti-lila. Um, um, so, uh, for example, the child, the birth uh, activities of Krishna and uh, early childhood activities so relative to Bhatsaliras are not manifest in Aprakat Leela because Krishna is a Nityakishore. Hmm. And the Nityakishore uh, form of of, 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 of Sri Krishna is maybe the, the most complete form. Hmm. Um, um, but at the same time, the childhood leelas are especially dear to Batsali Rasa. So, the, it's an example of how the Nara leela, the Prakat leela, the manifest leela, Nara means human, so in human society, leela is in some ways more, more, more complete. It more facilitates the, the intimacy. Um, Uh, but those are sometimes referred to as occasional leelas. On the occasion of the manifest leela, they manifest, whereas they don't. So there's some difference between the two manifest and unmanifest leelas, but there's no difference in the bhavas there. So the same bhavas that are manifest in the in, the, in this world, by which we can come to know about them, become attracted to them, and so on and so forth, are also manifest there. So through the Prakat Lila, the opportunity to participate, to know about the Bhavas, and to hear about them through the succession as we, as we can, and know what 
um, where there's an opportunity to to enter. Uh, for example, in the Rasalila narrative, then it's pointed out by the Acharyas that, that there's an opening here. There's an opening here for devotees to enter into this Rasa. In our Sampradaya, it's emphasized. With regard to the Sakyaras also, in Bhaktivasamrita Sindhu, we find Jiva Goswami takes the time to comment that and there's a way to enter here, either coming from the Deva, Loka, or from the human sector. Hmm. There's a way to, he doesn't bother to say about the, that about Vatsalya or Dasya or Shantarasa. Hmm. Uh, Bhagavatam is, is, is broad and those centers are there. The Vatsalya Rasa is there. The, as I say, the Sakya Rasa, the, the uh, uh, Madhurya Rasa. And then you have the Balabha Sampradaya. It's embracing the Vatsalya, who's a contemporary of Mahaprabhu, who his own followers call Mahaprabhu sometimes. Mahaprabhu blessed him at Bhakti Ratnakar to have his own own lineage and so forth. So um, um, those bhavas are being presented in the Bhagavatam and then then uh, relished and unpacked, if you will, and showcased uh, through the different sampradayas to attract the devotees to make clear that that opening and so forth, entering into the same bhavas are experienced in the Devalila. Now, the Devalila, there's, again, there's not much said about it. Hmm. Our focus is on the Prakat Lila, because from there we can go to the Devalila. And it's said that the devotees who seeking to attain Siddhi, perfection, they as- aspire to enter into, ultimately, to the Aprakat Lila. And the devotees in the Aprakat Lila, they desire to participate in the Prakat Lila. <laughs> we find Gopakumar in Brihad Bhagavatamrita. It's peculiar and interesting, uh, uh, but he, he's, he's, he's entering in and out of both. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Once he's attained Siddhi, perfection, he's, he, he seems to flash between both of them. Uh, so that, that's not explained in some in greater detail and anywhere. And you, typically the emphasis is you enter, you take birth in the Prakat Leela, it ends, you go to the Unmanifest Leela, and you're you attained perfection. But we see in Vriyad Bhagavatamrita, Gopakumar attained perfection. And he was like effortlessly moving between the Prakat and the Aprakat. Um, uh, so, um, there's no difference between the two, even while there are some details of, of difference. So, he there, he, the, the, Sanatana Goswami says, the Kadamba trees are a little bigger there. There's more Aishvarya there. Hmm? You have these sometimes descriptions of jewel-like palaces in Vrindavan and so forth. But in the Prakat Leela, it's uh, covered wagons, you know, yeah. hmm? ox-drawn uh, carts that where the ropes are not made out of gold, <coughs> the reins are not made out of gold. Hmm. Um, so, again, as I was saying the other day, according to Jiva Goswami, as he's exp- um, talked about the Aprakat Leela, the, the Deva Leela in Gopal Champu, they have a sense of it having obtained, of, of attainment, <coughs> of attainment. In the Prakat Leela, in Bhagavatam, they ask about what, what will be their attainment of Krishna. 
and he shows them, right? He gives them, he shows them, you'll all be there together with your cows and everybody will be happily after it. So they said, that's great. <laughs> that sounds good. There's, there's not going to be any difference. So there's some, appears to be some sense that they've attained hmm, some type of spiritual perfection or that they, something like this, that they've attained liberation and this is what it's like. It's like kind of the Christian idea of going to heaven and everybody's there. Mom and dad is there and Godouli and Bhim are there and everybody's there. All the cows and dogs and cats and, and it's something like that. So it, it's all good. Hmm. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, and still, in the Devalila, they're also doing Vaidhi Bhakti to Narayan in the house. <laughs> so it's a very peculiar uh, realm, if you will. Um, Mahavaikuntha, it's called. So does that help? So does it mean that they just go like both at the same time from our point of view because there is no real time there but like when there is a manifest lila that unmanifest lila also goes <laughs> yeah it's not like the whole place empties out <laughs> close everything up you know <laughs> Lock the door. <laughs> it's not like that. You can only think so far about it uh, in terms of how it is um, human-like and so forth. It's 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 uh, kind of not. What would be the word? Not kind of not like linear, but multidimensional. And every aspect of the wheel, every aspect of every pastime, is full and complete. Could be completely absorbed in one pastime forever. So, and they're all. T- and I was uh, taking the darshan this evening when I came of Daoji Gopal, and and the, the impression was that that here we are, and there's all kinds of people that worship us in so many different ways, and even in in, in even in Golok, hmm? and here this is the Godia window. Hmm? And through that portal, we're we're going. We think it's the best. It is, <laughs> but <laughs> that even in Golok Vrindavan, they're worshipped and seen in different ways by different devotees. And who are they? So extraordinary, huh? center of all all kinds of worship c- culminates in. He says, everyone's on my path. There's no alternative. And as you approach, I reciprocate accordingly. And this, then, is, this is this is this is your place in all of this, in who I am, who we are. Krishna Balaram ki jai, Gaur Nitananda ki jai, Gaur Bhaktivinoda ki jai, Gaur Premanand. Okay, we'll stop there. Yeah. Yeah.